All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the University of Waterloo's Product Management Club's podcast. Um, today, I have a really great special guest. Uh, he's a, one of my former managers at SAP. He's worked in product management for over 20 years, uh, specifically for a lot of different SAP products. So he has tons and tons of technical and product management experience. Welcome, Jose. Um, so I guess, Jose, if you don't mind me asking you, is, um, what's your sort of brief history or journey of, of getting into product management in the first place? Yeah, for sure. Hi, everyone. And let me talk about where I came from. And I started doing product management my very last uh, co-op work term. Uh, so that's, uh, that's when I had decided that's really the, the, the track that or, that or the position I wanted to do after I graduated from, from University of Waterloo. And luckily enough for me, then I was able to land a job in, in that position. I was actually working at, at, at SAP at, at that time. And uh, I started working at product management right, right away. Um, and uh, it's that that was 20 years ago, actually. And it's it, since then, yeah, it's been a it's been a fun ride. I've been able to work on on many products. Uh, the the company back then was much smaller. Uh, in fact, it used to be called uh, Sybase, and it, then it got acquired by SAP about 10 years ago. So uh, uh, when we were Sybase, I worked with a couple of products. I did about five years with one product and five years in another product. And then SAP acquired uh, Sybase, and then little by little, I started to move to the SAP products. Um, and then about five years ago, I started doing product management for the existing product that I'm that I'm doing now. So so that's really how I I uh, I am where I am uh, right now. Uh, and uh, that's uh, the skills that uh, I've learned. 20 years ago, they're still applicable now and you continue to apply those in, in product management no matter what, what product you, you end up uh, working with. Oh, that's awesome. No, definitely. I think like you mentioned there, like during your journey, you've touched upon a lot of different products at SAP. Are there any prominent or like very like cool flagship products that you'd like to talk about or mention like that you've been uh, given the privilege to work on? Yeah, I think one of the important things about product management is that you, you're there, right, to look at the, the direction of, of the product, right? I know every company does things a little bit differently. The way that we have done it historically uh, with Cybis and SAP is that the, the product management team was always part of the, the engineering team. Um, sometimes that, that switches and you, you go to marketing, but for the most part, you've been part of engineering and uh, they look at you to be the voice of the customer, right? And to help the, uh, help the direction of where the product should be. So, so that is the, the product owners and the engineering leads. Uh, and it, what, what has been interesting is, is that uh, every so often you, you work on a, on a product that is, uh, uh, it, it's on its infancy. And I remember doing that about, uh, about 15 years ago in, in, it was actually 2003 or 2004, if I remember correctly. Um, our, data, our, our company was heavily into databases, of, uh, mobile databases, but we wanted to expand into other mobile spaces. Uh, and at that time, the whole idea of, of uh, what we call system management uh, uh, software uh, has been around for a while for, for desktop and laptops type of uh, uh, machines, primarily desktops, not much for, for mobile devices. So we, uh, at that time, we actually partnered with another company that they would offer the engineering to build uh, the system management software, and uh, we would uh, resell it. We, and we actually were, uh, 
uh, where we're selling it using our own branding and, and that kind of stuff, right? So, so I became their product manager for that, that particular product. And, and I did it for about five years. And uh, it, it was our, our foray into uh, a new market uh, to some extent, even though it's related to what we were doing, uh, but it wasn't databases, it was system management. And uh, I ended up learning quite a bit uh, doing that because I was the only product manager there, and at least with that product. And you are responsible for not only setting the direction, but also working a lot with the marketing team about how to market the, the product, how to price the product, uh, and, and how to bring it forward. And uh, as you go through that, a lot of things happen in the market. Um, it's, it's funny, in our case, we realized that, uh, okay, um, the market is heading this way when it comes to device management, um, but we don't see this being eventually a, a, a bigger market. Like, because you don't know this when you start, right? Um, and so we decided that, you know, it probably will be a, a good idea to eventually uh, sunset the product. Uh, but every time you do that, you have to make a decision. Do we end the product and uh, there's no alternative just because there's no market, right? Or are there alternatives, right? Uh, in this case, there was alternatives actually. Um, and so we, we decided to, uh, um, uh, to, to uh, actually acquire another company that offer multiple pieces of software. And one of those pieces of software was the, uh, what I'm talking about here, the system management uh, software, right? Um, and so we, we uh, that gave us a, kind of like a ramp to uh, uh, adopt this new product that we had and sunset the other one that, 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 I was, that I was working with for a while, right? And that was actually a strategic decision we made, um, but, it, but it had to do with uh, expanding our offering into, into, um, in, into many other packages, right? And, and uh, we wanted to decide that we just stick to the one specific piece of, of, of uh, the, the software, a narrow path, or do we go to with a bunch of them, right? And, and even though there's an overlap in there. So, so that's what we did. And that, that's, uh, in the end, when you're working with a big company or even smaller companies, right? You, you don't want to bank all, all your money in one product, right? You want to have uh, a portfolio of products, right? So that if, if, if one doesn't do good in, in one year, um, another product picks that up, right? And, and that flips. Right. And, and so, so, so that was, that was, that was quite good because it, it gave me the opportunity to see or manage a product from the very beginning, from, from its infancy uh, to building a pipeline of customers and we got customers and revenue and then realizing that, okay, uh, what do we do afterwards with, 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 with a product? Do we continue with it uh, or do we actually start sunsetting it uh, with a replacement in mind and what should that replacement be? Um, and, and that is something that a lot of companies face. Um, and then sometimes that replacement is just software that you built, or it could be software that you just get via an acquisition, right? That, that's usually the two paths that, that, that follows. So, so that was quite, I think, rewarding early in, in my career because I got to see all of that. And uh, that was the only product that I got to see from kind of beginning to end, right? And then from then on, all the other products that I've been involved with, they either be mature products or their new products, and they're still continue on, which is the one that I'm working on right now. So that's, uh, I would say that's uh, that that's something to to keep in mind when when you're working in, in, in PM is is to kind of look for opportunities where you can see uh, not just getting something from the ground up, but also uh, what happens when a product matures and there's a decision to be made when it comes to do we continue with it and make more investment on this product or do we replace it with something else that's better and how do we do that 
No, I, I think that's like, that's really awesome, actually, because a lot of the students, especially like obviously me and a lot of listeners or even other people I've interviewed, um, there's not a lot of experience when it comes to really seeing, like, like you said, right, like building, seeing the product actually being built from the ground up all the way to seeing it actually go to maturity in its maturity stage and then actually having to go through like those product life cycles where obviously you can see whether or not um, you should continue kind of deprecate the product or obviously continue alongside it and kind of revitalize it depending on the specific market fit and the use case and whatnot. But like I, I can also tell like from what you said is that you've worked on so many different technical products such as like mobile databases, systems management and whatnot as well. I was also, I kind of wondered while you were also saying that stuff is like, because you worked on more like the technical product side and you worked alongside with the engineers, I, I know you also mentioned the marketing team, but um, I guess like how technical do you feel like you, uh, you had to be throughout your product management career in order to kind of like competently work with the engineers to, and allow them to have trust in your uh, decision making and all that stuff, like especially at SAP with like very technical um, products. Yeah. So, so in the end, you, you have to uh, you have to talk their language to some extent, right? Like, so when it comes to the engineering team, right? Uh, like, you don't need to really know the nitty gritty details of how the product uh, like works uh, at the code level. Although, if you do, that that's I think that's always beneficial, right? But but you need to know that when when an engineering team uh, tells you that you know what we cannot implement the feature because of this reason and their technical reasons, uh, you should know or and understand why that is okay uh because most likely you'll have a um an argument or you'll have uh you'll try to convince the engineering team that we should be doing uh, or we should, we should be implementing something or a new feature um and, but but you also understand that okay the way that things need to be implemented uh, there might be uh there might be some constraints there based on on, on the engineering team right so so that adds a little bit of uh, trust between you and the engineering team and that's always important um, but also another another thing that you need to make sure that you have is credibility with your engineering team and, and, and first and more foremost that has to do with the technical expertise that you have okay because then the engineering team uh, will listen to you and will trust you as well that uh, uh, even though you're not part of their development team and by, by that i mean you don't like report to them or you're like you're not part of the actual people who are right into code, you, you understand uh, that uh, the, what, what can be done um, and what cannot be done, right? And, and, and I think that, that goes a long way. So, so, so that's always a good thing from that perspective, uh, okay? And, and, and I think the, the technical skills are extremely valuable when you interact with people inside your company, because again, they're, they're, they're right into the software, the engineering team. But then when you go outside uh, the company, so for, with, with your customers, right, uh, then, then you'll find a, a, a great variety of, of skill sets, right? People who are novices, all the way to people who are experts, uh, customers, and, and they know the software better than you, right? Just the, the way things are, right? Um, I think in that case, you just need to make sure that you, you also can speak intelligently about some of the functionality and the features in the product um, and uh, from a technical perspective. Uh, and especially when you're talking with people who are more of an expert on how I use the, the products, they, those are the people who will actually will tell you that uh, when they get into a situation where they are, they are talking about the requirements and they're talking to a salespeople, they, they want to bypass all that and go right to a developer, right, to an engineering, right? And, and so talking to a product manager is usually beneficial at that point. Uh, just got to make sure that you, you, are, you, you are not only understanding their needs, but also understanding 
how to communicate the uh, the technicalities of the products uh, that are that are being, that are coming from engineering, but also understanding how they the customer in this case is is utilizing the the product and and, and what really uh, drives the the success of, of of the product and 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 how technically they operate as well because it is. Uh, there's that, that level of, of, uh, of technicality that, that the customer will appreciate right now. My experience, it's all um, business to business type of software, right? So I've always dealt with highly technical uh, customers, just uh, the way that it is. So right now I'm dealing with database administrators, but before that I was dealing with uh, developers. So, so the, the, the level of expertise is, is quite high. Uh, and that is what's required, I think, from, from my role in this case. Uh, if I were to be doing more of a business to uh, consumer type of application, right, or, or even things like, uh, like mobile games or mobile type of, 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 of uh, applications, then I think I would need to uh, be more in tune to what the customer is expecting, right? So it might be more, more of a user interface uh, the type of uh, requirements or more of a uh, uh, cost uh, type of uh, requirements or minimize that or, or whatever that might be, right? So, and that's what I said earlier that you have to really know what drives the customer uh, in the end. Like, is it, is it price? Is it technical um, uh, uh, technical features in a product? Uh, is it something else, right? So, so that, that's always something that it's important to understand. Um, and in my case, it's been, has always been very technical just because of the nature of the products that I've worked with. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. And I think actually, even though like, obviously, uh, I think I probably have about one tenth or one twentieth in the experience of you in terms of, especially in terms of B2B, um, a lot of my B2B experiences have always been very like client focused, but then you have to really understand the technical client needs uh, per client as well. And I kind of like, I, it got really interesting when you mentioned, obviously, like from your B2B experience, you know, like every, like you really have to tailor a lot of the stuff and you have to really understand, you know, from a technical perspective, what are the client requirements every single time and really understand the client persona as well. And, you know, just from that, I kind of had another question, if you don't mind me asking is mm -hmm. like, if there, is there any example or is there like one main procedure or mechanism that you like to employ when it comes to like, um, conducting client feedback or collecting client feedback, um, conducting client interviews, um, you know, looking at quantitative data to really understand what the client's needs are? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you always are looking for quantitative and qualitative data, right? Uh, and uh, in order to get things like qualitative data, then you need to have a lot of systems in place. Uh, if you're looking at cloud type of software, that can be, a, can, can be easier because you can capture pretty much what the customer's doing in, in in the cloud, so so those are very valuable data points that will at least lead you to uh, to determine okay is, is is the software being used to which it's intended to or what are some of the uh, the issues that customers face right but that's that's more qualitative right um, when it comes to quantitative uh, that's a lot harder to to obtain right because it's you're doing primary research but but there are ways to do that right you can. Um, uh, interview customers, just got to make sure that you know who they are, right? And and, uh, um, and and then find out how they're using the software, right? But I think one of the important things that, that, I've, that I've done, at least um, in the past five years with, uh, with the newer product that, that I've been working on is that you kind of have to build, I'm going to call it a, a portfolio of, of, of customers. Uh, and you do this by running as much activities as you can with customers. We also meet some at conferences, uh, but 
conferences, they happen, depending on the conference, they may happen once a year or maybe twice a year. Um, and if you have other programs, then you may be able to go to customers here and there. But, uh, but you always have to find ways to connect to, to customers uh, in, either, in both ad hoc basis and also in a more formal uh, way. Uh, so, so a more formal way type of activities include like user conference, like I mentioned, but there's other things like influence councils or uh, formal engagement activities that you may have or talking to user groups, uh, that kind of stuff. And, 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 and then you, you kind of put your name out there, right? And, and you, you solicit feedback uh, or you, you talk about what's coming up in a product or you, or you just listen to customers. Uh, I think listening is actually something that everyone should do. Um, and, and not only just listen, but also listen and, and actually take action on what you're hearing from the customer. And, and little by little, what happens is that um, uh, customers, and they know you more, uh, they, uh, they realize what you can bring to the table, um, and then it, it becomes one of those things that uh, you get customers, they email you about things, right? And, uh, and then you, you try to handle that, try to help them as much as you can or you meet them at different activities that happen throughout the year, or if you need to validate uh, a concept or whatever that might be, um, you, you have the freedom to just call the customer, right? Because they know you, right? And so, so, so you get a, a number of customers who uh, 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 really know you, and if, if necessary, you can go to them and, and get feedback about something specific, especially if you need something very quickly, you can do this in, in a week or under a week. Um, get five, ten customers that you work with, uh, uh, that you work with frequently, um, and that actually has happened. It has been quite beneficial uh, in uh, in validating things uh, or, or concepts or even mockups uh, fairly quickly uh, because uh, in the software world things happen so so quickly, right? And sometimes engineering wants to move really quick when it comes to an idea, right? And then you look at it and, and you say, okay, that sounds good. That so we can make these changes. Um, but I think it'd be good to validate this with a customer, right? And, and if it's difficult for you to, to get that validation from customers, then you may find that the software gets released uh, and then when the customer sees it, there are some issues uh, with it, right? So, so those, those are, are, are things that, uh, or situations where you may wanna, may wanna move quickly. Um, and, and the bigger you get with a company, the harder it is to do. So, so you need to, to have mechanism in place on your, on your own that you build up on your own that would enable you to at least do that, to say like, you know what, I know three customers that this will be applicable to. I can call them this week uh, or get feedback from them this week um, and be able to feedback back to engineering. Or if it's something more formal, you can say that, okay, you know what, this is something, this new feature is new or this piece of the product is new. Um, let me run a program that will take me a couple of months to get feedback. And then I know that we'll have some customers in there. I don't know who they're going to be, but I know they'll, they'll be interested and then I'll eventually be able to talk to them. Right. And, and, and so, so I think you got to be able to do both ways, right? Um, one that is more of, more of a nimble approach, which again, it gets harder and harder as your company gets bigger. Uh, but also uh, a, a way for you to kind of, rotate uh, the, the, those engagement type of activities uh, among different customers. Uh, that way, again, they get to know you and you also know how to use the product as well. So then when you're dealing about a specific piece of the product, you automatically think, oh, I know this customer is doing something like that. So let me talk to them about, uh, about this, this piece of the software and, and see if uh, it's in the right track. 
No, I, I think that definitely makes sense, especially like just like understanding, you know, what each specific client or customer is doing or like what specific use case they're kind of like performing what the like the holistic product as like, uh, as you mentioned, like if you're if even the, even if they're using like just one specific feature of like one entire product, um, at least you can understand that their their niche specifies um, within just that one realm and perhaps that they might be experts or technical like they're they're technically knowledgeable about that specific uh, piece as well, um, yeah. and yeah, definitely. And I feel like also because like uh, at least from my experience at SCP, you know, like we we got the opportunity to interview different clients and whatnot, especially in my other internships as well. Mm-hmm. I have also found out that um, in a lot of larger companies, especially really large ones, you know, there's large sales teams. Um, I can definitely tell SCP de- definitely had. A large sales team um, comprised of a lot of different account managers. I guess to what extent do you feel like you know um, we as PMs should be reaching out and um, obviously conducting these client interviews and client feedback mechanisms uh, ourselves, or we should probably be trying to work alongside the sales teams more, which kind of own the accounts of these specific clients and probably know the requirements a little bit more. I guess it kind of this kind of jumps into like more stakeholder management with sales teams and whatnot. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I will say the following. So um, it depends on the company. Okay, with SAP, um, I myself, I, I do talk to sales folks every so often. Okay, but uh, I will tell you, it's not as often as I did when I when we were a part of Sybase. Now Sybase was a much smaller company compared to SAP. All right, uh, and that is somewhat by design uh, in that we we have some very formal processes in place uh, to, uh, um, to, to, uh, to, to um, uh, talk with customers and interact with them. Now, having said that, um, I, I think uh, in, in our situation, right, uh, as you mentioned, we have large sales teams for our accounts and the, those teams have, they have sales representative or account owners. They are, we have consultants. Uh, we have folks from solution management and uh, we have a, lo- a lot of people there, right? So, um, and so one of the things that you need to understand there is, is you need to make sure that you know what the, the sales person, the sales rep, in our case, the account owner, uh, what do they uh, appreciate in the end? Uh, so if you want something from a customer, um, how is that going to help the sales uh, or the account owner? And in our case, it's usually better, uh, better relationship with our customer, right? But also to keep them informed of what you're doing, okay? And, and I think for a, with a company like SAP, that, that is extremely important in that I'm not just going to go and, 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 and talk to a customer um, and ask them for a very specific piece of feedback unless I know that the customer has certain agreements in place um, and that uh, the customer uh, is willing to talk to us. And we have processes that, that allow us to do that, right? And usually I would tell the sales uh, rep or the account owner that, hey, this is what I'm doing, or this is what I'm thinking of doing, that you know, there's a problem with that. And they really appreciate that because they know that you're talking to other customers um, and then uh, they know that uh, you're actually paying attention to other customers as well, right? So, so it's always extremely important, I think, to make sure that, uh, the stakeholders know about what you're doing. Okay, so that, that's one thing. Uh, let me go back to when we were Sybase, uh, so about 10 years ago. That was a little bit different uh, situation where uh, because the company was smaller, there was a much more bigger reliance between the, the, the sales rep and, and the product manager. Um, and I, at that point, I was doing a lot of 
calls with uh, the sales rep and, and a customer uh, because the, the sales rep, in this case, they're trying to lend a deal, right? And, and product managers were the ones who would go in there and, and be the technical experts. Uh, that is something that SAP has another team to do that. So we don't, as product managers, we don't need to deal with that as much. But with Sybase, and this is the same with other smaller companies, uh, the, the sales rep was always uh, involving uh, you as a product manager to go in and, and make sure that the technical details are correct um, and then anything to do with uh, um, roadmaps and what a product is going, that, that, that could be communicated. Um, and, I, and I think that's extremely important uh, to have that good relationship. And, and just as I mentioned earlier about uh, making sure you have good credibility with your sales reps, uh, sorry, with your uh, engineering team, you've got to have that with the sales rep as well. Okay. Um, and, uh, and you kind of have to be honest with them as well when it comes to how you're going to approach uh, talking up for, uh, with, with, uh, with customers about what they're looking for and requirements. Um, and, and, and that is something that we had uh, with our sales team about 10 years ago with, with a different product, obviously, here. Uh, but uh, I, I think I was quite, um, uh, uh, we, we had a good understanding, right? And we kind of, the sales rep and myself, we kind of knew what we each brought to the table and, and kind of, we also knew that, okay, yes, the person's trying to lend a deal uh, and I need to help them out. Uh, um, and, and, uh, and in the end, the sales rep will maintain that relationship where the product manager, we kind of step, step away from it um, and then go on and do other things as well, right? So, so again, as long as you know, uh, you have a good understanding of, of what, what, what makes them tick, I think that that's extremely important. And then you kind of break that and, and, and use it to your advantage to, to continue to, to nurture those, those relationships. Because like in the end, your relationship with a customer, I think is, is, is important, but also your relationship with internal stakeholders is also extremely important uh, because like in the end, you, you, want, you, you want the product to succeed, right? And, and you want the company to succeed. And uh, uh, you cannot do that by being in silos or being um, uh, not, not having a, an understanding of what's happening um, around you, right? And, and, and product management is a good position to be in because you get to see all of that uh, and you get to apply what you learn and, uh, and deal with a lot of people in a lot of situations, which always makes it uh, fun and, and exciting. No, that, that's awesome. That's a really awesome in-depth answer because we kind of like definitely touched upon like, you know, the up the pros and cons of like uh, your experience from your experience, at least, right, with working with sales, uh, but obviously still taking as much ownership as you can with the client and really establishing those client relationships and whatnot. Um, I also actually kind of realized I did want to ask you previously when we were talking more about technical expertise, at least from your experience at SAP and whatnot on very technical uh, B2B products, mm -hmm. is I guess like uh, for like many different students and out there who kind of come from different backgrounds, I know a lot of people definitely come from computer science and engineering like yourself. I guess some other people that you might have worked with at SAP or other, uh, I guess like other cross-functional areas at SAP is per perhaps came from like different backgrounds that weren't as traditionally from a computer science or any technical background. Mm -hmm. um, I guess like, is there, are there any pieces of advice you'd be able to provide uh, those who kind of like want to work within that sort of technical B2B realm um, like yourself, but obviously don't have that sort of computer science background to kind of like establish themselves right off the get-go or mm -hmm. I guess like kind of learn on the spot while they can, can they try to like obviously do their job as a product management, uh, as a product manager? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I think um, I, at least the, the positions that I, that, I, that I held, at least the product that I work with, and even when, when we get students to work, to come and work uh, for, for us uh, at, a, at a work term, right? We always look for strong technical skills and, and, and that's because of 
the audience, right? It's, it's both engineering internally and also the customer is, is, is highly technical, right? Now, if, if, if you're a student and you're planning on or thinking of joining product management and, and, and you don't know uh, or you don't have that, um, I would encourage you to really look and see, well, um, what are my technical gaps, right? Is it, uh, depending on the product that you'll be working on the company, right? But is it, is it using the product? Is it programming? Um, is it uh, whatever that might be, right? Because that's always going to be a, a positive, right? I don't think I would focus too much on, um, it's like, oh my God, I need to learn this language or this language or all that kind of stuff i don't think i would do that instead i would uh, i would focus to, to learn the, the the concept and the basics which is what you learn at school anyway right because chances are when you get into uh into the job um it'll be a, it could be a different programming language it could be a different tool uh whatever right uh, different, working with different technologies uh then different companies too right like like you don't like at sap we don't just work with sap software right we have to work with other things like amazon and and uh, like AWS as an example, um, and, and, and similar type of, 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 of companies, right? So uh, as, as long as you, you know how to get around uh, the, the different pieces of technologies, I think you'll be fine. Um, and then on the job, you will learn a lot. I can tell you that, that that's something that happens, right? Now, obviously, if you have those skills, that's always a plus. That's always a bonus because you can, you can pick up things quickly uh, or, or, or quicker. But, uh, but if you don't, I don't think that's the uh, be all and end all of, of things. Uh, they're just beneficial, right? And, and you can learn quite a bit of things when you get there. Um, I am going to mention this, uh, uh, the product management is that, uh, keep in mind that even though we, we've been talking a lot about the technical skills, there's a lot of business that comes into play as well in, into product management, because oftentimes you're kind of the only person who, who has uh, somewhat of a business angle to, to the product that you're working on. Uh, the, the other people who would do that are the development leads or even the, 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 the folks who, who have uh, a, a team of managers, so managers of managers, right? So, so you're dealing with them. And obviously, they're the ones who assign resources and, and they have the budget to, to, to assign those resources. So, so they have a, a much bigger stake when they, of, of the business. And so you have to be able to speak their language as well. Okay, so so that's another skill set that I think it's important. That, and and I, want, I want I should make sure that people don't know, don't uh, don't um, uh, glaze over that because that, that is actually quite important. Um, and uh, you learn it a lot on the job as well, but you can actually learn a lot in school as well. So so that's something else I would encourage people to to just keep an eye on it uh, as well. Um, but uh, but from my experience and from the experience from other product managers as well. Um, I will tell you that the majority of your learning that you do, uh, it is on a job, okay? So as long as you have your building blocks, I think you'll be, you'll, you'll be okay, whether it takes you towards more of a technical nature or more of a business nature or smack in the middle, which is kind of where we are um, at SAP. We're kind of smack in the middle. Uh, so so, so uh, that, that is something that it's, don't get discouraged because I, I think it's, uh, you'll quickly uh, learn <laughs> on the job what you need to learn and get proficient about it uh, because you'll be have to do it over and over. Right. And I, I definitely agree, actually, because like, especially on the building blocks part, essentially, like, if, for example, for a lot of my peers and I, if we particularly have like this end goal in product management where we want to specialize in a more like technical talk, like a very technical product management position that obviously mm -hmm. focuses more on like databases, systems management, uh, software architecture, like very like you know, where you're kind of working hand like side by side with 
engineers, then, you know, obviously having those building blocks is really essential. Um, obviously we do, you know, like you mentioned, we learn a lot of stuff on the side, or sorry, not on the side, like on the job as well as on the side perhaps. But um, having those building blocks is essential and it's our keen responsibility as students or just like early, at least early in our career to build those building blocks in the first place um, before we just, you know, jump straight into trying to achieve that end goal. Um, so I think that definitely does make sense. And I guess kind of pertaining back to this previous question here is I guess because we're kind of running uh, slightly out of time, we I just have one more question for Jose. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, it's a very open-ended question because obviously I love asking this and I love kind of learning as well uh, as an interviewer since I'm kind of also early in my career. But if there's any one specific piece of advice you feel like that just, you know, needs to be heard or needs to be talked about more often for, um, you know, early career PMs or those who kind of want to jump into PM, uh, is there anything that you can provide from that sort of angle? Yeah, I'd say the following. Like if you look at what product management is, right, it's... Um, you deal with a lot of different stakeholders, you wear different hats and so on, right? And, and I think a lot of people have heard the, the whole notion that, look, if you're good at everything, you're never gonna excel at one thing, okay? Uh, and uh, that that is something that uh, I think a good product manager, uh, in the end, is somebody who's uh, multi-talented. Uh, so, so yes, they can wear different hats, and yes, they have expertise on a lot of things. Uh, but at the same time, I think that, um, it is possible to specialize in, in just product management um, and, and make it your career, which is what I've done. Uh, and, and that was not, and that was by design, actually. I, I, that was early in my career. I, I kind of figured this is kind of the path I want to go and kind of be that. Um, and, um, and, and, and then what, uh, what you need to do then is you need to pick uh, areas of the, the product or, or areas of, of product management or, whatever that might be, whether it's competitive analysis or technical expertise or whatnot, where you kind of make it uh, kind of like your baby type of thing, where it's like you are very, you're very good at, at, uh, at, at something that's very specific, right? And, and then you kind of become the go-to person for, for that, right? And, and it could be doing presentations, doing demos, that kind of stuff, right? Like for me, to be perfectly honest, for me, it's actually uh, doing uh, product demonstrations right now. To be honest, these days, I don't really do those, those much, right? Uh, but I used to do that quite a bit. And that is actually how I, uh, I got the opportunity to not only just learn the product, but also create uh, uh, creative ways to showcase our product, okay? To the point that uh, one of the demos that I created uh, a long time ago, um, it's one of my students helping with it, but I'm the one who designed it and actually wrote all the back end. Uh, it was actually shown at a keynote, okay? Uh, once uh, the, the, people, so the people in the company saw that, hey, it, it shows this and this and this, right? And it's like, yeah. Um, and lo and behold, it's like, yeah, this would be something good that we could show at a keynote, so we did. Um, but uh, that is something that I, 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 that was a constant effort from my side to, to, to do that, in addition to be proficient at using the product, at doing competitive analysis, at doing customer engagement uh, type of activities, at, uh, at running projects as well, right? But, but to me, that was the one thing that I've always kept, uh, and I want to keep up to date, right? And, and to me, that, that actually involved like learning new programming languages as an example, right? So when I graduated, it was all C++ and Java, right? <laughs> that was back in 2000, right? And uh, in 2005, I think that's when I learned uh, C, C Sharp and .NET. It was fairly new. Uh, it was fairly new. I think it started 
maybe in the late 90s, right? But that's when I actually really learned a lot. And, and this, this demo that I talked to you about was written in actually C Sharp and, and .NET, and, and it came from my experience, right? And then, and then in the past 10 years, you got all this web uh, and, and cloud type of, of, uh, of technologies, right? But, but at least from a technical perspective, I, uh, I wanted to, okay, I need to learn other things as well, right? And so, so Python has been another uh, programming language that I've become really proficient at in, the, in at least in the past five years, actually. Uh, even though, you know what, I don't use it that much at work, right? But if I, I know what it can do. So now if I actually want to demonstrate a piece of the product, I know that, okay, if I use Python, I can do this and this and this and this, right? And I either do it myself or I ask somebody else to do it, right? But the end result is the same, right? So, so it's all about showcasing at the end of the product and the capabilities. Um, and to me, that was the one thing that I want to hone in out of all product management, okay? So, so uh, because I wanted to focus on one thing and do it really, really well, okay? But also make sure you do the other stuff well as well. But there was something specifically that I really wanted to hone in and, and, and kind of be my advantage. Um, and, and I've been doing that since, um, and continue to do it, right? So it's, uh, I think it's, uh, uh, I like it um, and it's a good experience. Um, and, and so I want to, pursue that and continue that and see how long it see how far it takes me in the end okay no no i think that definitely makes sense and just kind of like uh, i guess on, as a whole the umbrella concept here is just to really establish that inquisitiveness you know especially on the side there like particularly for jose um programming languages there's absolutely no cost to learning all you know these theoretical concepts especially when it comes to programming languages especially like the relevant ones today really understanding how they kind of like function and building the products that you kind of manage as a PM on the job as well is really important. Um, so I definitely, you know, there's a lot of respect there for a lot of PMs who really can understand this, those, you know, I guess like those fundamental building blocks for their products in the first place. Um, so yeah, I think like as a whole, I think we've had a really awesome productive um, podcast session here, but thank you again, Jose, for kind of joining us. Um, I hopefully, you know, all the listeners um, for the next, you know, couple of years or even like uh, down the road, continue to listen to our episodes, especially ours today with Jose, which kind of really described, you know, his 20 plus years of experience at SAP and his like, you know, his back and forth between, you know, different stakeholder managements, different, uh, different products, you know, from ideation all the way to launch and then even more so like um, deprecation or just product maturity as a whole. I think that particular experience has been really valuable and, and hopefully, you know, me and a lot of other viewers our listeners do finally get to that point where we get to actually see product maturity from its initial ideation phase. But yeah, uh, thanks again, Jose, for joining us. And um, we'll talk to everyone soon. Uh, thank yeah. you for tuning in.